Good morning. Thank you. So, did you have a good and strong week? Last week, we uh, kicked off our Rebel series, and uh, we talked to the dads and primarily the men. Uh, we're going to continue to do that for the next couple of weeks. Uh, ladies, there's principles you'll be able to pick up along the way as well. Uh, so, when do you find that you need strength? When do you find that you, that, man, at these points in my life, I really need strength? Uh, when I was, uh, when I had little guys running around, I still have lots of little guys running around, but they're grandkids instead of kids now. Uh, it's a totally different dynamic. I am not responsible for how my grandkids turn out. I was responsible for how my kids turned out. And so one of the principles that I knew was that you need to be present in their lives, not just around, not just there, not just uh, physically present, but you need to be emotionally, spiritually present in their lives. And so when you have a lot of things going on, and you come home, and your three-year-old wants to play toy, toy, tr- toy trucks, right? It's very tempting to sit with a three-year-old or spend just a little bit of time with a three-year-old and then move on to something else. Uh, I didn't have phones back then. Uh, if I did, it would have been really tempting to check your phone and see about these things and see about something else that's going on and, and think about other things and not be present. Not spend that hour giving your heart to playing trucks, that takes incredible strength. It takes amazing strength. When your daughters hit teenage age and uh, you want them to love each other like crazy and you want them to succeed in life and they are fighting over the same blouse and they're mad at each other and you're convinced that your children are going to hate each other for the rest of their lives, to be able to carry that out and discipline them and to love them with both Hey, listen, this is, we love you, Uh, we love who you are, we love everything about you, but you can't live like this, and this is how we're going to handle this situation. That takes amazing strength. So as we talked about it last week, men, you have been given the role, you've been given the role where strength is needed. In a woman's life, you have an incredible role of power. Uh, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like she's running me over all the time. Uh, that may feel that way. It doesn't make it any less true that you have an amazing role in her life. You are there in her life to be able to help her blossom and move forward. And that's not just what she's looking for you to do, but that's what God has actually called you to do. In a child's life, the power of a father, is, it's almost immeasurable in terms of how it impacts a child to grow up, and they've got a dad who was emotionally, spiritually there, who was with them, who helped them walk through life. It's almost immeasurable compared to someone who doesn't have that in their life or their dad's absent, or maybe he's there physically, but he's just not there. He keeps giving off that responsibility to to his mom. You've been given this amazing role in the community, in our community, in your church's life, when men lead, good things happen. When men are absent, bad things happen. It's just that simple. You've been given that role. And those roles take strength. So where do you get the strength from? So we, get, we uh, jumped into First, uh, first John. We're going to continue to uh, head down that lane 
And uh, we're going to start with our key verse for the whole series, which is this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The fa- excuse me, <clears throat> not from Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Basic premise that we've, we're working through in the series is this. Men, what you love or who you love gives you strength. What you love and who you love also zaps or takes away your strength. Your strength, your ability to show up and be present, your ability to lead comes from who you love first. Who is it that you love first? What is it that you love first? And in this principle, he he lays out the idea that, okay, love for God and love for the world cannot exist at the same time. That if you love God, then you automatically push love for the world out of your life. If you love the world, you automatically push your love for God out of your life. The two of them can't exist at the same time. You really have to choose who you're going to love. You have to choose one way or the other. And if you choose to love God first, it creates amazing strength in your life. If you choose to love the world first, you become weak. It doesn't matter your intention. It doesn't matter that you made a decision in church one day that I'm going to love God for the rest of my life. That's what I intend to do. It matters who you actually love. Anybody who's married has experienced this. The day you got married, you meant those vows with all your heart. Six months later, you don't seem to have the strength to carry that out, right? Six months later, you don't want to see those vows. This is not about, hey, I made this one big decision in my life, changed my life, it's all, no. This is not about intention. This is about who do you actively love as we move forward. So he mentions three things of the world. One, uh, one of them is the lust of the flesh. That's the one we're going to talk about today. And so uh, we talked about uh, last week a little bit about the, the lust of the flesh is the desire or the temptation to feel. And so I've been wrestling with that. Ah, wrestling's the wrong word. I've been practicing that in my own life. It's a pretty good definition as to, as to how it works out. That when you are after or experience anger, it feels good. You are tempted to feel anger because it feels good. Like, no, no, it just comes over me. I can't help it. Uh, we've talked about this before. I'll go through it again. I, I've never met anybody who had an anger problem like I did, ever. In my life, I've never met anybody who had an anger problem like I did. But something was really interesting when I had my anger problem, because I believed that too. Oh, it's just coming over me. There's nothing I can do about it. I just, I can't, I just have a temper problem, right? So I'm in the middle of screaming at my mom. I'm in the middle of throwing a tantrum. I'm in the middle of yelling at my brothers. Phone rings. Hey, Chris, it's for you. Oh, really? In an instant, it stops. Same thing's true for you. We do it because it feels good. 
Yeah, there's all these twisted things in there, but that's what we do. We do it because it feels good. When we lust after a woman, we do it because it feels good. It feels powerful. I knew Professor Broom, young man. You didn't know Professor Broom. Yes, I did. Shut After up. my Shut accident, up. he designed this container. A wonderful man. And even then, he was very about the future. He... Stop it. Right now. Oh, what? Are you threatening me? Because I think I can take you. Excuse me? You heard me. I couldn't hear you from... Uh... All the way over there. I can take you because you have one fatal flaw. Oh, I want to hear it. No, you don't. You can't take criticism. Try me. Can't take it. What's my flaw? Your temper. It gets the best of you, makes you weak, makes you vulnerable. <laughs> The temptation to feel. And we really feel powerful when we partake of that temptation. Whether it's food or gossip or cursing or sarcasm or pouting or the silent treatment, all of it feels good. It, and you say, well, it doesn't feel good. It, okay, it feels. And you actually are drawn to the feeling. You love the feeling. Now, you also know this. I probably don't have to tell you this, but I remind you of this. Once you begin to feel, once you go after that, once you worship that, once you pursue that, you become a slave to it. He's a slave to his anger. It's what will do him in. Lusting after women becomes pornography, becomes slavery. It rules you. You don't rule it. You're pouting. It rules you. You don't rule it. Even though you feel really strong while you're doing it, you're actually a slave. Road rage. You just feel so powerful. You're actually a slave. If we videotaped it and we showed it on Sunday morning, you wouldn't look powerful. You'd look like a slave. But it really feels 
powerful. And so, what's the opposite of lusting after the flesh? The opposite of lusting after the flesh is integrity or purity. It's integrity. It's that I don't live for the feeling. I live for what's true. I live for what's right. I live for what I truly love. I don't live to feel. I don't think that what life is all about is experiencing and feeling all of these things. As you've noticed, the feeling, you get it to this level, and what happens? You get bored with the feeling. And then to really live, I need more, and I need more, and I need more. So as we wrestle with this, what's the opposite? How do we, how do we take this on? How do we go in an opposite direction? It's integrity. It's purity. It's that there is a way that I live, there's someone that I listen to outside of that or that can take on that temptation. And so each, each this week and next week, there's three things. We, we touched on these principles last week. The first, first principle is that it's love for God. So it's really important as we talk about this today that you understand that in God's word, he warns and he calls. Some passages are warnings. They're like, look, don't do this. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. I'm warning you. Proverbs is full of warnings. Don't do this or this is going to happen. Oftentimes when people come to see, see me, and I often do this. I actually predict the future. I predict the future based on Proverbs. This is what God said was going to happen, and this is what's going to happen. He's like, no, I'm not like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the exception. Okay. You're not the exception, are you? It doesn't work out that way. Some are warnings. Some are callings. This is a calling. So as we talk about what we talk about today, if at any point you're like, oh, man, I have to do that. Oh, they're making me do that. God's making me do that. Oh, I have to do that. That's something I got to do. Then you're, you're missing the point. This is a calling. God is calling you to experience the kind of strength, a complete love, as this passage talks about. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete. That's the strength we're talking about. A perfected love is incredibly strong. It has the strength when you need it. Among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Listen to this. Listen to this. There is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. In love, I don't do what I'm supposed to do because somebody makes me do it. I'm not afraid. I'm not doing this because I'm afraid of what will happen if I don't do it. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. This is a relationship. Fear is not part of this relationship. Because fear has to do with punishment. And we, we talked about this last week. Jesus took care of that. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So... How do I overcome? How do I become pure? How do I take that path? You take that path because you've chosen to love God. Now, there's very few people in the world who say that God doesn't love you. People will, um, <laughs> they'll do almost anything. They'll do things totally against the way God says. They'll take off almost all their clothes, dance in front of you like they're having sex with somebody, and then go, man, just remember, Jesus loves you. You look weak. That doesn't, that doesn't fit. Politicians. 
lie, cheat, steal, do whatever. Just remember, Jesus loves you, right? Jesus loves you. Everybody says Jesus loves you. The question for this passage is, yeah, do you love him back? Do you love him back? Because this is built on, okay, I'm going to serve God out of love. Love, when you choose to love somebody, it changes your want to. When you choose to love somebody, it changes what you want. Do you remember when you first came to Christ? For those of you who have trusted Christ and, you, and you, you've, you have experienced what it's like to know that you're forgiven and to know, wow, if there's, if there's no one else, if there's just Jesus and me, I'm okay. Life is good. If it's just Jesus and me, I'm okay. It's good. At that point, whatever Jesus asked you to do, you wanted to do. That's what you want to do. You remember when first got married or when you first fell in love? Remember that? Remember, she just had to hint at something. You're like, love to do that, man. I love to do that. It's awesome. My wife, uh, when we first fell in love, we lived in, uh, we lived 15 miles away from the nearest store. And so uh, it was in Dwajak. We lived away about 15 miles from Dwajak. There were stores closer, but they all closed at like seven o'clock. So invariably at like nine o'clock at night, she'd be like, man, I'd love a Diet Pepsi. Boom. I'm out the door. I'm driving. Takes me a half an hour to go get the Diet Pepsi. I'm back. I love the whole thing. It's great. I want to do it. That's what love does, isn't it? When you choose to love, that's what happens. Remember when that child was born? Remember? Remember, Dad? You saw that child and you're like, look, I will change anything I need to change in my life. I will do whatever I need to do in my life for this child to succeed. I get it. I, I didn't know you could love somebody like this. Everything else in life has now gotten smaller and shorter and little. There's this incredible strength because you want to. You don't make that up. It comes because of what you love. So as we move forward in terms of purity, in terms of having strength to overcome the temptation to feel, first and foremost comes an intimate relationship with God where you not only know he loves you, you've chosen to love him back. You have an active relationship with God and you love him back. It's alive. The second is, uh, has to do with commands. It's, the Bible says this. It has to do with obedience. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Now, why would we keep his commands? Because we have to. Usually with the word command comes the idea, well, you've got to do it. Well, the Bible commands it. You don't have a choice. You have to do it. No. This whole thing is built on the idea that I'm going to keep his commands because I love him. It comes out, the power comes out of this relationship whereby I'm in love with God. That's where it comes from. We know we, if we, know we have come to, to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar. That's strong. Who do you think they're lying to? They're lying to themselves. This isn't about, okay, somebody watches you and judges whether or not you're a liar or not. This is you lying to yourself. This is saying, I love God. I love Jesus. 
You're just all excited about it. You tell everybody about it. But you still choose which commands you're going to obey and which ones you're not. You still think it's up to you. You interact as if you can decide one way or the other. It goes on to say, uh, um, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete, strong. That's that word again. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. But it's so natural for us to think that strong men make their own decisions. That he does not need someone else to tell him what to do. Oh, Mr. Miyagi, I forgot to give this back to you last night. Uh, you keep. Oh, thanks a lot. Sir, ready? Well, yeah, I guess so. And your son must talk. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish, just like grip. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes, or karate do no. You karate do guess so. Just like grip. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yes. Let's make sacred pact. I promise teach karate, that's my part. You promise learn. I say you do, no question, that's your part. Deal? Steal. Yes. First wash all the car, then wax. Wax. Well, why do I have to wash all the car? Remember, deal. No question. Yeah, but I... Right. Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe, in through nose, out the mouth. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe, very important. Wax on, wax off. Wax on. Off. Hey, where these cars come from? Wax on. Detroit! Wax off. I brought that back because I knew that all of you watched at least five or six times. We probably could have not turned up the volume. You would have mouthed all the words as they, as they walked through that. So it's, 
It's a very clear picture, very understanding. Yes, I understand our relationship. You tell me what to do, and you're going to teach me. You're going to strengthen me. You're going you're to show me in the right direction. As soon as he gives him a command, he wants to know why. He wants, to ex- he wants to explain to him. He wants to be able to understand. Now, this is where the rebel part comes in. This is where the rebel part comes in. You have grown up, and you live in a culture that says... No, you need to express yourself. You need to be yourself. You need to be your own man. You need to, you don't need someone else telling you what to do. And if they do, you better know why and how it's all going to work out. And no, 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 this is, it takes a rebel to go, wait, because God loves me and out of my love for God, whatever God says, that's what, I, that's what I'm going to do. It's so counter. So when it comes time to love a woman, and God says, this is what you do, and it doesn't work out, or it's not going the way you, you, the way you expected it to go, you find yourself with no strength. Why? Because you want God to promise you how this is going to work out. You want God to show you how that if I obey you here, it's going to cause her to do this there. That's not obedience. It creates incredible weakness. You're raising your children, and God says, this is, this is what the Bible has to say about raising your children. Man, it's astonishing. You don't even know what God has to say about raising your children. There was a time in your life when you promised that you would do whatever it takes to help that child succeed. You're following the world. You don't even know what the Bible says. It's no wonder you don't have the strength that it takes to build the character that that child needs in their life. It's not because you're a wimp on the outside. You're tough on the outside. It's because you're a wimp on the inside. Because you're, you're not accepting that love and you're not obeying what God has to say. God has called many of you to make huge impacts on other people's lives. But you're so busy trying to figure out what you're going to obey and what you're not going to obey, you don't have the strength to do it. You don't have the strength. I know. I know what it's like. I know what it's like. You want, you want credit because you tried. You don't get credit for trying. You don't get, you don't get credit because you went out for the basketball team. You got to practice and you got to work. And what does that mean? That means... I'm going to obey God. What God says, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to obey God. That's what God says, that's what I'm going to do. You're not weak because you don't want to do the right thing. You're weak to the temptation to feel because you've never learned to obey. You don't practice that out of your love for God. The last one has to do with loving brothers and sisters. Your interaction as we move forward. It says, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. He goes really extreme on these things. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother and sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. It's this picture that when you pursue the lust of the flesh, you go into darkness. 
When you pursue loving God, you walk into the light. And he's very specific about how this works. It has to do with a relationship with other people. It has to do that when you are struggling with the lust of the flesh and you're struggling with, with lusting after women who are not your wife, when it's on your computer and, and it just mo- it moves from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing and you're like, oh, poor me, it's, it's, everybody struggles with it, you know. What God says is no. You go to a group of men and you go, guys, this is what's going on in my life. Now most of us fall to the temptation and then we tell people. And we think we've done something. Man, you say, I confess. It's incredible. What a difference. I confessed. Doesn't change a thing. You're just as weak the next time. What does change something is when you go, hey, guys, listen. The next time I begin to want to do that, can I call you and say, this is, this is what I want to do? Hey, guys, would it be okay if we hook this thing up in such a way that if I, if I visit any sites I shouldn't go to, it goes directly to your computer? Maybe you have a problem with anger with your wife. So you get together with the guys, you're like, oh, this is what happened. You tell the whole story, and you tell the story just like I do. She did this and this and this and this, and I got a little mad. When, in fact, you're angry, and you're blowing up, and you're out of control. What do you think would happen if you went to these guys and said, look, guys, would it be okay that if every time I'm about to blow up, my wife videotapes it and sends it to you? It would change things, wouldn't it? Yeah. Out of my love for you guys, and I want to love you guys, and I want you guys to love me, I'm going to share my real life with you. God says that gives you strength. When you walk alone, when you control information, it's one of the really cool things that makes people really powerful. It's one of the reasons that I can stand up here and and I don't have to fear a thing about this. Why? Because my wife can get to anything I ever see or look at or do. If you guys said, hey, if any of you walked up to me and said, hey, I'd like to check out your computer. I'll give you my computer. I'll give you my phone. You know what a difference that makes? Because I'm a really strong person. No, the strength comes from the fact that I don't live alone. If I start hoarding all that stuff and hiding all that stuff, there goes your strength. It's gone. You're walking alone. Again, not because I have to. This is out of a love for God. This is out of a love. This is not something I have to do. God is calling you somewhere. He's calling you to a really cool life. So, who do you love first? In your life, who do you love first? Because that determines your strength when the lust of the flesh comes along. This, This temptation to feel, who do you love first? The question isn't, do you have the strength to overcome the temptation? The question is, who do you love first? Because whoever you love first, if you love God first, then that love is going to be made complete. You're going to have strength. If you love something else first, it will fall apart on you. You have a choice. 
Which path do you want to follow? Do you want to follow the path that most follow? It's the path of the wishy-washy. It's the path of I want to do a little bit good, a little bit that, a little bit here, a little bit there. But listen, I'm still in control of my life. I still choose which way I go. Because once you love somebody, you don't choose anymore. Right? Their needs and what they want is what rules your life. Not you. Who or what has your heart? Would you dare to rebel? Would you dare to rebel and go, you know what? I'm going to love Jesus first. That's what I'm going to do. So that when sex comes along, which is what? It's the desire to feel. Nope. I'm a, I, I love Jesus first. He will fulfill my life, not sex. When the pot comes along, that's what pot is. It's a feeling. You're like, oh, you love pot. You don't actually love pot. You love the feeling. You love that feeling. For some of you, it's the only time you ever feel alive. It's the only time you ever feel like, oh, things are going to be okay. You love that feeling. You're also enslaved to that feeling. You also don't have any strength to love your wife and to love your kids and to lead your kids the way you should or could because you're a slave to a drug. Maybe you love the feeling of anger or food or gossip or hatred or control. What God is calling you today, what God is saying you have the opportunity to do today is go, you know what? I, I get it now. I get it. I keep trying to overcome these things. I need to change who I love. I'm, I'm going to love God first. You say, I love my wife and I love my children. And I love my church. and I love my community. I believe you. The problem is you're too weak to do anything about it. The problem is when it really counts, when it really matters, you don't stand up and love. You only love if you're loved. Men, hear me on this. This is not a condemnation. Hear me on this. Men don't get to do that. We have been given the role of leaders. Leaders don't get to go, but they don't follow me. I don't understand. They don't follow me. They don't, I don't think they like me. You don't get to do that. That's not the role you've been given. The role you've been given is you have to have strength to be able to lead and provide and to protect. Where are you going to get it from? Jesus has come along and said, look, you love me first. You accept my love and you love me first. You obey me. And you share life with other men. And you'll have that strength. You'll have strength you can't imagine. And it won't be a struggle whether or not you want to or don't want to. Love, who you love, changes your want to. So, in your life, how do you cultivate love? 
In other words, do you cultivate love with God? The way you cultivate love is you spend time with it. Remember the pot thing? You know how you cultivate with love, love with pot? You have, a, you have a set time of the day where you spend time with pot. That's what you do. You even have this special place where you keep it. And you go check on it every so often, make sure it's doing good. Right? You have special people that you go to to buy it from. You even have a special relationship you cultivate with them. Did you know that you even take great risk? You risk your wife and your kids and your church for this stuff. You love it. How about you cultivate a relationship with God the Father? How about you take 15 minutes, five minutes, where you find out what the Bible has to say? You read the Bible. You're like, I don't understand the Bible. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. We have something that's called Right Now Media. And a bunch of you signed up for it. If you're not, you can get a card in the back and you can pick it up. It's called Right Now Media. You can get that. And Right Now Media has on it every Bible study and great Bible teacher and in the world. Now, there's something that's true, man. You live in a time where there's more temptation. You are exposed to more temptation than any other human beings ever in the face of the world, in the time of the world. Actually, living in America makes it even so that you, you're absolutely, absolutely exposed to this constantly. But you know what else is true? You have access to the Bible in ways People have never had access to the Bible. You just go on there and you will find somebody. Like, I don't like this speaker. He's boring. He sounds like Pastor Chris. All right? So find another one and another one. There is going to be somebody on there that you really be able to relate to. And every day you can listen to God's word. You can spend time with God's word. And then spend some time listening to God. Well, how, how do you do that? You simply close your eyes. You say, God, whatever you want to say to me, I want to hear it. And you, you just stay quiet for five minutes. You won't make it past 30 seconds the first time. It takes some practice. Five minutes. Just listen to him. Here's the big one, guys. This is the really, really big one. I call upon you. I call upon you because you love God. To sing one worship song out loud to God every day. Now, if you're like me, you make sure no one's in the house, you lock the doors, you put on the sound barriers, you do all of that. I don't want anybody listening to me while I'm singing. Why? Because I want you to sing with all your heart. You get mad with all your heart. You do all this other stuff with all your heart. Sing with all your heart so you can cultivate this love with God. The last thing is, I want you to get in a group. I want you to do this this week. And guys, ladies in groups, I want you to talk about this this week. This week in group, I want you to show up and say this. I'm looking for a group of men who want to love God and each other first. Is this that group? If they say, no, nah, not really, go to another group. If you go to all four or five of our life groups and nobody says that's the group, I'll start one. We'll start one. But you, you have the potential 
not in you, but in God. You have the potential to have strength, the strength you dream of having. Actually, it's strength you can't, you've never even, it's beyond what you've dreamed of having. It comes from a love with God. Cultivate that love.